Well, if you will, turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 8, and we'll be reading there, uh, verse 40 and following there, Luke chapter 8. I hope I'll be able to get off the ground this morning. That's one thing when you've been out of preaching a little while, it's just a, that little startup of getting off the runway again is a, a, you've got too many things you want to think about. You know, I got to do a lot of things that I was, I've not been able to do a long time. I, I took a nap last week. <laughs> First nap I've had in probably a decade. I actually laid down on the bed with a blanket and went to sleep. <laughs> now I might fall asleep occasionally like y'all do in a service, but that's not... <laughs> I was able last week to go down and visit with some of my aunts and uncles down in Spartanburg. They're all in their 80s now. There's, uh, there's still five girls in that family living and one son, all in their 80s. And as I went from one to the other, I was able to sit with them and just talk about family and loved ones. They, like many of you, have had different crises through the years. And I was able to be with them. You know, I do this a lot with our people. Sit alongside and talk about family and pray. Some of our older folks. But to be able to do it with my own family, I can't tell you what a blessing it was. And when I prayed with them, it just, it just made my heart want to just crawl in there with them and be with my mama more this month. And she's right up there with them in the midst of them. And spend time with them. That right there was worth the month, I tell you. Just that time. So anyway, as I've been... Uh, I had all kind of ideas to do some thinking and planning, but I didn't hardly do any of it. So uh, if you expect me to be any smarter, as a matter of fact, I should be a little dumber. <laughs> but uh, but I am rested. It's pretty bad when you mark your Bible and still can't find a place, right? <laughs> Luke chapter 8. Verse 40, And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received Him, for they were all waiting for Him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought Him that He would come into His house. For He had only one daughter, about 12 years old, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could any of them heal her. 
came on behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood was staunched or stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude is thronging thee and pressing thee. And you say, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody touched me. For I perceive that virtue or power is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. And she declared before all the people for what cause she had touched him. And how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. And while he yet spake, there come one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, the father. And he said, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, for she is not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand, and he called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again. And she arose straightway and commanded, he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Of all the commands that Jesus ever gave anybody, that's got to be the hardest command ever given. Don't tell anybody, really. What would you do if the doorbell rang, your phone rang, the oven alarm went off, and your child called for help at the same time? It'd be a time for a decision, wouldn't it? It'd be a time to decide your priorities and head straight, no doubt, to that child. Unless that child's the boy that called Wolf all the time. You remember his story. My first Sunday away, I went to First Baptist Church. First Baptist Church. I'm, I'm somebody. Anyway, I went. And for two reasons. One, I... I've loved that church even before I came here. Jane and I used to come to Asheville and back when Cecil Sherman was the pastor there, we would go and hear him preach. 
We didn't know about Starnes Cove back then and Jesse Head or whoever was here. And I wanted to visit with Buddy Corbin, my friend. And that's something I get to do. I got to do a little bit this week was visit with friends. I visited with Ken Sacito and his church over Grassy Branch. And I visited with, with Jackie Collins at Ridgeway last week. And to be with my friends in their church. We talk a lot together, but to be with them in their church was big. Anyway, that young fellow at First Baptist, he's a very young man. But it brought a real good message, just well expounded. Did his homework, you could tell it, Dennis. You could tell he did his homework. And he expounded a passage out of Mark 1, talking about Jesus resting. And it was there on the first Sunday that I've been away that I felt permission to rest. I was glad I got that sermon first. Even Jesus rested a little bit. Anyway, Jesus has now come back. He's been resting a little bit across Galilee at Gadara. And He was greeted by this great crowd of people. They, were, they had heard about Him. Some may have known Him. They had heard Him preach. They had seen Him in action with healings. And now they were there. Just a great crowd. We can only imagine the people reaching out to Him. Calling Him by name. Disciples probably trying to clear a way in front of Him so He could make His way. They saw the divine physician was back. He had healed the leper and the centurion's servant, a paralytic, Peter's mother-in-law. And all were waiting for him. It says, all were waiting for him. That's a, that's a, great, that's a great verse there. All these people, some maybe life going on good, some rejoicing, some facing real trouble in their family's life or their life. Some sick, bringing their sick. They're all waiting for Him. I've told this story, but since I've been back down in Spartanburg County, I've been thinking about my beginnings. And how it all started over in Dr. Crow's office. Well, I guess it started prior to that, but that's nobody's business. <laughs> and over there I was born, and he was our doctor for the first few years. And the way and Dr. Crow was was it, this was far enough back that they would even pay a visit to the house, you know, if you were sick and couldn't get up there. But the way he did it was he just opened his waiting room up. And it filled up. They shut the door. Once it's filled up, they shut the door unless you had some dire emergency. And then throughout his morning, he would work. He had one office to the other. He'd walk through that waiting room back and forth, back and forth. He'd see one after the other. 
I remember those walks he took back and forth in that waiting room because sometimes, you know, when you're the only kid in there and all the seats are there, you're standing up against a wall somewhere. And he'd come by and he'd go pretend he had a hypodermic and he'd go... (laughs) (laughs) Then he'd, he'd empty out that waiting room, go eat lunch, come back while he was gone. The waiting room would open up and then would come another load. They'd shut the door and that'd be his job, work through the day. And I guess he just treated whichever he thought was worst off, maybe. God's waiting room. There's a lot of us waiting on God for something. I am. A lot of us are waiting on God to do something. Look what happened. You know, Jesus didn't have to plan His day, did He? He just got up in the morning and just walked out into the streets and it all started happening. William, that's the kind of plan I like. Now, William's a planner. He operates by plan. But I'm kind of like, I just like to get up and walk. Before you know it, something will happen. Have you found that to be true where you live, where you're at? You have, haven't you? You don't have to go looking to see a place where you can be an encourager or you can be a listener. And the Lord can use that in healing. There were people waiting on Jesus. It said they were all waiting on Him. But there was three occasions here I want to speak to. One is there was a sad father waiting. There was a father whose heart was broken for his daughter, 12-year-old. Nobody wants to see their child sick. And she was deathly sick. She was real sick. And these people were pressing around Jesus. And why they let this man speak first, I don't know. Maybe because he was the synagogue leader. He was an important man. And somehow he made his way there, this desperate father of a terminally ill child. And whether by respect to his position or whatever, he got to see Jesus. He was the first one to Jesus. Maybe he got up early to be there. He just wanted to be first. and He was the first one on the shoreline. And his position, his situation just drove him to his knees before Jesus. His daughter lay dying. There was nothing he would not do. There was nothing he would not do. And I've been with parents and grandparents. And they'd put themselves in the place of that child a minute, in a second. They'd want to take on whatever that child has. And they, he was there and he, was, he would have done anything. And Jesus goes with him to attend to the problem. This is the physician walking to the home. And along the way, there was this crowd of people needing, needy, needy, genuine needs. 
All of them were important. Life in crisis. And along the way, they're all, he's just pushing through them. And he's touched by somebody. He's touched by faith. There was a sick woman waiting on Jesus. And in the midst of this needy crowd, this reaching needy crowd, was a woman waiting on Jesus. And from this and the other Gospels, we learn a little bit about her. She was sick with a chronic illness, one which made her, this type of illness, made her an outcast, ceremonially and socially unclean. She was a lone person. There was nobody in her life. And she was sick and she suffered. She must have had a hemorrhage of some kind inside her. And she had no money. She was impoverished. She was hopeless. She had tried everything. Every doctor you could go to. A lot of us could be right there. We've been everywhere. We've tried everything. And our hearts are so breaking today because we feel like we've just pushed along with the crowd and nothing's happening. She had a timid but a real faith. Of all the things about Billy Graham that I appreciate, and I admire him in so many ways, was his humility. And I know it's been much talked about. (laughs) It's hard to be humble when everybody's talking about your humility. They've been doing it his whole life. I'll share just the briefest experience I had with him. When Ruth was at the hospital, she was in intensive care. And I also had a member in intensive care. And so we would go before the doors were open and we would stand there in the hallway waiting on the doors to open to our people. And there wasn't very many around. And he and I are both people people, so we talked to each other. And immediately he was so interested in what I what was going on with me. And I'm thinking, oh man. I'm even ashamed to tell you. And I shared about our church. And he looked at me. He said, you know. He said, I always wanted to be a pastor of a mountain church. And I thought, you know, that's something I can do that Billy Graham can't do. He said, a little mountain church. That's one thing he could never do. There would always be a crowd of people. And she had this faith that she was so humble. She couldn't couldn't do anything. She dared not do anything. But as Jesus went by, she just reached out and touched the hem of His clothing. She made her way to the Savior through that 
that group of people all maybe standing back from her. I don't know. You know, the crowd will keep you from Jesus if you don't watch out. There will be people who know you, who are friends with you, and they will do, unconsciously even, in their own thoughts, in their own lives, and what's going on with them, they will keep you from being with Jesus. She was determined. She, She had faith that this one, Jesus, could heal her. Her need drove her to Jesus. Some people wonder, why does, why does so-and-so go to church? Why, why, aren't they, uh, why, don't, why don't they believe in Jesus? And it's, I've heard it. us Christian folks talk about it. Like, they ought to be in church. They ought to be, you know what? Until you have need for Jesus, you don't know about Jesus and Him as a Savior. Until you need Him and want Him above everything else, you really will have no opportunity to come. It's our, we sung today about sin. It's our sin in our heart that drives us to the Savior. That's how we're drawn to Jesus. It's because of, the, of our sinfulness. And we know that without Him, we are undone. We are unclean. We are, we are without hope. And we come to Him. He is the only hope. And we come to the cross. And we come to the cross because there is the one who died upon the cross for us. For our sins. And He alone is worthy as we sang a while ago. He is the Lamb of God. One thing over the past, I guess six months or so, I've been a lot in the Gospels. And... I don't know how to get out of them hardly now, but I'll do it because I know the whole Bible is the Word of God and I'll, I'll make sure I get around. But I have more of a desire now to preach about Jesus than any time in my life. And she came to Him as she was. There was nothing she could do to make it better. And when she touched him, Jesus says, Virtue come out of me, healing power came out of me. She connected. She connected with Jesus. There were a lot of people waiting on Jesus, thronging Jesus, but this one touched his heart. When you come to God, you come to his heart, and you come with your heart. And you believe. And Jesus perceiving her faith and her healing, He called out to His disciples. And they marveled. Who who touched me? He said. She did it secretly. And for good reason. But finally, she came forward. And she was trembling but she come before others. Was she embarrassed? Probably. Was she afraid? Yes. 
But she came forward to Jesus and admitted that it was her that touched Him. And before all those people, this confession was made and it startled them. They're like, they put the brakes on. What? Her? And she was rewarded. She got the honor, you see, not only of being healed, but she got the honor of confessing her faith in Jesus. And that's, that's a great day. Last week, Where's he at? Anthony in the house? He's sleeping. God bless him. Go ahead. Any of you want to take a nap? Just lay your head. Last week, Anthony had made his profession of faith in Jesus. And uh, William got to talk to him and presented him last week. Jesus is blessed by children. And so we're going we're gonna to be baptizing Anthony. If you're willing. Are you willing? Raise your hand if you're willing. Okay, well, all right, we're good. God bless you, buddy. There you go. She had the blessing of confessing Jesus. Before all these people. He did it. I'm healed. He gave her the opportunity to be blessed. Some want to keep her faith a secret thing. Personal, secret. Nobody know. But when you know Jesus, you've got to let it show or bust. Confess with the mouth. Believe with the heart. That's what it says. That crowned her faith. It completed her faith to come out and say, it was me. And Jesus said, it wasn't just me that healed you. Your faith healed you. You believe. Now the report comes. The little girl has died. So here Jesus is, a sad father, a sick woman, and now a dead child waiting on Him. And to this father, Jesus encouraged His faith. Even when everything seemed hopeless, He said, Don't be afraid. Only believe. I love to share that with people. Don't be afraid. Only believe. That's what Jesus would say to people. And He said it to this daddy who was really, he was spent out. Don't be afraid. Only believe. He came to Lazarus' funeral, remember? And he met Martha there. And Martha was saying, well, if you'd have been here earlier, we wouldn't be having a funeral. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. 
And then he said, do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe. He said, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And so here he is, and, and he, he encourages his father. Jesus never said, fear not, without also saying, have faith. He told his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me, he says. Remember that? And Jesus announces that death is not irrevocable. And to him, it's no more than sleep. And everybody laughed at him when he said that. I mean, all these people that were waiting on him, they laughed. They thought this was a, a big joke. Kind of embarrassing. Jesus took three disciples with him and the parents, he let them in. You know, when Jesus gets there, no matter how long we've waited, and sometimes we think we've waited our whole life, no matter how long we've waited, it's never too late when he comes. Some of you have been waiting a long time. Some of you know how it is to pray for a long time. Some of you have seen the Lord answer those prayers, praise God, after a long time. But whatever the case, whenever Jesus gets there, it's a good time to be there. And we're to hold on, amen? We're to keep on holding on. There's a story told about a, about a flight from Portland, Maine to Boston. little hop flight, propeller plane. Pilot began to hear a noise at the back of the plane. He turned the controls over to the co-pilot. He went back to check. As he reached the tail section, the plane hit an air pocket and he was tossed against the door and he quickly discovered a mysterious noise. The door was not clamped down and when he hit it, out he went. He was sucked out of the the plane. Co-pilot saw the red light, open door. He radioed the nearest airport, requested permission to land reported that the pilot had fallen out of the plane. He wanted a helicopter to search the area. After the plane landed, the ground crew found this pilot hanging on a ladder underneath the door. The plane had flown 4,000 feet at Lord knows how many miles an hour. And when it landed, he kept his head from hitting the runway only 12 inches away. It took the airport people several hours to turn his hand loose of that ladder. Hours are a long time. Today it's very easy to get sucked into trial, trouble, temptation. And we need to hold on sometimes for dear life. Hold on to the Savior. Hold on to the hope. Hold on to the promises that God has given us. God, give me strength to just hold on. So Jesus went into that room. And there He was with this little family. And there was this daughter. And He said to her, 
maid or little girl arise. His last word in this whole story is arise. There in the death chamber, Jesus can go. It was good to see Jack Blazer this morning. You also, Robbie. Loved ones past. Been on my heart this month. Isn't it good to know that, that God has power over death? And that we have hope that goes beyond this whole world. One touch of His hand Two syllables in the, in the language of Jesus. And her spirit returned. Someday, the Bible says, the dead are going to arise at His voice when He speaks. Triumphant. Amen? Amen. All waited for Him. And it's still true. He still says to us, fear not, only believe. Here's two people whose need for the Lord was great and they found it in Jesus. And I need Jesus. You know, on Sundays I give an invitation and it's not even about me. I, somewhere early in the ministry I thought it was about me. Thank God I got over that pretty quickly. The Lord will humble you if you let Him... When I give an invitation, it's not about me. It's about the Lord. It's the church's mailbox. You've got mail. The Lord is open. The altar's open. I've been able to go to churches this month and, and listen to preaching and hear the invitation. And so today... As I give an invitation, I want to get down on my own knees. And I want to pray to God that He'll touch my heart and life with His hand, whatever He wants to do. Because I've been awaiting a long time. But He's good for it. I know He is. So I'm going to give the invitation. Billy, you'll lead. Instrumental will play. We'll have a song. You want to sing it. But I want to also put the, put the invitation to you today. Maybe you're one of those who've been waiting. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Only believe. Maybe you would like to come bow here on the altar. I'll try to get up and help you if I can. But you may want to just where you are. Just say to God, Lord, I need you and I want you. And I'm glad to have hope in you and I'm going to keep holding on. Father, we thank you now for Jesus. We're glad, Lord. The Bible says that He... He died on the cross, He was buried in the grave, and He rose again. And now His presence is with us everywhere.
and even here. And you're more accessible than you've ever been. And today, Lord, as we pray, perhaps there's somebody here would say, I want Christ to be my Savior. I've fought this, but I know in my heart of hearts, I need a Savior. I'm lost. I'm sinful. I'm falling. I'm faltering. And I need Jesus. Lord, maybe we've just kind of lost our way. We've relaxed our walk with the Lord. We've strayed from the path. And today, God, there's been a call to our heart. Don't give up. Don't let loose. The whole crowd may pull you this way or that way. Don't go with that crowd. Don't let them pull you. Stay with the Lord. Maybe to recommit yourself. There may be other decisions to be made today regarding church membership or whatnot. We want to just lay it all before you, dear God, and say, God, do with you as you will in Jesus' name. Amen. Billy, you'll come lead now. You stand together and we'll sing. Lord bless you. somebody's yet just wants to express significant matter in their heart today by taking this step you do that I hate to just close it off but I feel the presence of the Lord today and I think many do